Hey everyone, welcome to Cigars and Syndication. I'm Rod, Robbie Rogers. I'm here with with Jay Nor, my co-host, and uh, today we're going to be uh, passionate about real estate and cigars. Uh, we're smoking the Patina Bronze Sumatra, and uh, what are you thinking about this smoke so far? Uh, well, uh, I like it. It's a, it's a it's a really good draw. It's got a nice pepper uh, right up on top on the roof of my mouth, and a uh, uh, nice espresso flavor. Yep, I'm getting a lot of the same uh, things. It's a nice spicy start. Um, you know, looking forward to, to smoking this throughout the podcast. Um, today we're going to be talking about uh, nominal versus real interest rates. Uh, Jay, what do you what do you have to say about that? So I wrote an article. Uh, if anybody wants to go take a look at our article, it's on uh, our website www.albanyparkcapital.com. Hit the resources button, and uh, I just posted this article uh, yesterday. Um, and the article is titled, uh, You Can Get Paid to Invest. Well, how do I get paid? Well, well, in order to get paid to invest, paid is, is loosely defined. Um, but you have to understand the difference between nominal interest rates and real interest rates. So the nominal interest rate is what the Fed posts, right? So four and a half, four and a quarter. I think uh, the range, uh, as of this morning, the Fed increased another quarter point. So um, the the range would be four and a half to four and three quarters, uh, but if you take the nominal interest rate, which is four and a half to four and three quarters, and maybe you're borrowing at six, for example, um, if you take the nominal interest rate and you subtract inflation, you get a negative two percent interest rate, which means that you're actually getting paid to borrow that money. Well, well, how exactly do the mechanics work on something like that? Well. The way it works is that obviously if you buy property right now for investment purposes, and again, this is not, oh, I'm going to go charge up my credit card at 21% and hey, check this out, you know, uh, I'm, I'm paying, uh, you know, 21% rate and I'm going to go and go buy a depreciating asset or I'm going to go on vacation. This works for investment properties, uh, appreciating assets. Uh, so let's say you're going to go buy a, a single family home for investment purposes or a multifamily property like we do for investment purposes. Um, this year, if you buy something, you're going to pay higher interest rates. So your cost, your, your cost of capital is higher. Uh, but you're going to purchase a property. You're going to get a loan at a fixed interest rate. And let's say that fixed interest rate is 5% right now. Um, or 6% right now, um, what will happen is that as inflation keeps going up uh, and rents keep going up in line with inflation, if rents are going up at 8% and you've borrowed at 6 you've made your 2%. Now, next year, if it goes up at 8 again, you're still at that 6% fixed rate. So now you've increased your, your asset value because you've increased your operating income the, the increase in rental rates will keep increasing the, the net operating income, which increases the value of the property. And is that, the, is that the key role that inflation plays in the difference between nominal and real? Yes. And as long as the, re, the nominal interest rates are um, lower than inflation, you have what's called a negative interest rate environment. So your real interest rate is negative. Um, and your nominal interest rate is is uh, your nominal interest rate is six percent. Inflation is at eight percent. Now, 
If it flips where interest rates start going at 10% when your uh, inflation is at 8%, now that's the time to hit the pause button because now what's going to happen is that your rents are not keeping in line with your cost of borrowing. When that happens, I mean, how is the Fed going to react? Well, you know, the Fed plays a tricky game. And, you know, we we know from uh, a historical perspective that they always overshoot. But they have already told us that their uh, target rate for inflation is 2%. Now, we are at 6% inflation. By raising interest rates, they could probably bring it down another 2%. The only way they're going to bring it down another 2% after that is going to be if we reduce our GDP. Now, a 2% reduction in GDP for, for the United States, which has a large GDP, is a big number. And um, so that basically tells us that a recession is very, very likely within the next six months. So, I mean, really, that's the only way to get this economy righted. I mean, it, it seems like a recession is going to happen. Yes, it's going to happen. We think it's going to happen. Um, most economists think it's going to happen. Uh, most everyone is pre- are predicting a shallow recession, so it's not going to be a very deep recession. But a recession has to happen in order for us to meet that that two percent uh, uh, inflationary rate that the that the Fed is targeting. So if the so if the inflation if the uh, recession happens by the summer, uh, <clears throat> what's going to happen is the Fed will overshoot. They'll wait and wait and wait, and they probably won't start. Uh, lowering rates until the end of the year. You know, as this all plays out in front of us, how do you see that uh, impacting real estate? Well, you know, we know that inflation causes prices to go up for real estate, right? So at 8% inflation every year, in 10 years, that's a 216% increase. So it more than doubles uh, uh, the value of something will more than double if the the inflation stays at 8%. Um, so the idea is that in an inflationary... So inflation, what it does is that it shifts wealth from savers to borrowers. Because you're sa- if, you're, if you're sitting there and you're, you're sitting there on, on $100,000 in your bank account, you're losing 8% a year on inflation. Okay? But if you go and you borrow and you purchase... An asset, well, the asset is increasing at 8% a year. Your cost of borrowing at 6% a year. So if we know that in an inflationary environment, real estate increases in value, then that's what we need to be in. We need to go and own that real estate. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the the key factors, I think, that has allowed so many people to be successful in real estate over the last few years is, is just the increase in equity and in value of properties. Absolutely. And, you know, as, as prices go up, now, of course, expenses will go up as well. Uh, I've been hearing that uh, insurance costs have been going up by like 30%, but that's not because of inflation necessarily. That's something for us on the Gulf Coast because we get hit with a lot of hurricanes. And so there are going to be years when insurance is going to go up. It's going to start flatlining. Hopefully we don't get too many catastrophic events, and then it'll just kind of smoothen out. But that's not a function of inflation. It's a function of something else. Uh, So expenses will go up as well, but rents will keep going up, and your cost of borrowing is still fixed, right? If if you got a 6% loan, it's going to stay at 6% for at least 
five years if you're in a conventional loan. And if you're in an FHA or a, or a, a HUD loan, that's a 40-year, 40 years that's going to stay the same. And then in five years from now, if, if uh, rates go down, you can always go back and refinance. But even when rates go down and you refinance, Rental rates are not, rents are not going to start going back down. They may not increase as much or they may flatline, but just because the interest rates go from 6% back to 4%, rents are not going down back by 5% or 6% a year. They'll flatline or they'll increase slowly, but they're not going back down. So your asset value is still going up. You know, the the nominal versus the the real interest rate, it's a really, it's an important component to to 2023 and, and how it's going to impact um, your real estate investments. I, I think you should go to albanyparkcapital.com and, and read Jay's article and, and educate yourself as much as you can on this topic. Um, we have other um, social media and things that, that continue uh, to hopefully help help your education in, in real estate. And uh, how are you liking this uh, cigar so far, Jay? I'm really enjoying this cigar and I, I've had this cigar before. And it's not a bad, you know, it's it's a it's a inexpensive cigar. It's not very expensive, um, and for the the draw is smooth. And now I'm getting a little bit more of a nut flavor, um, a light nut like a macadamia type of nut. Uh, I'm getting a little bit more uh, chocolate now as well. Definitely smoothing out. Uh, started off a little spicy and peppery. Um, really gives a has a nice cocoa. I'm getting just a little bit of that mint that uh, you hear people talk about with this patina. Um, really good, really good smoke. Uh, the what we're smoking today is a is a Toro. It's a six by fifty two. Um, it's got a Ecuadorian uh, wrapper. It's got a Connecticut uh, binder with uh, I think Nicaraguan and USA uh, filler. A really, really good smoke so far. No, I love I love these patinas. Um, so anyway, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Cigars and Syndication. Uh, visit our website, www.albanyparkcapital.com. Like I said, you know, Robbie, we're here to educate people and, you know, leave some comments, leave some feedback. We want to know uh, whether you like our episodes, whether you don't like, if there's anything that you'd like to hear, and if there's any any cigars that people would like us to try. Yep. Hey, guys, thanks for joining us today. Hope to hope to see, uh, catch you next time.